Hey Danny, how you doing, man? I'm all right, Lewis. How are you? I am well, thank you. And in fact, I'm spectacularly well because we are joined by the spectacularly talented Hector Shaw. How are you doing, Hector? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I am very well. Very happy to be talking to you. Uh, we're, we're just going to have a bit of a chat today, aren't we? Um, I don't know where I was going with that sentence. I started <laughs> and then I ran headfirst into a brick wall. Well, <laughs> Lewis, I'll, I'll take the reins off you. Yeah, you I, take the reins. I'm not used to starting. I'm, I'm, I'm used to saying stupid things from the sidelines yeah, yeah just just sit down before you hurt yourself okay um <laughs> uh so we're gonna we're gonna ask you some questions uh because you've you've released some songs and uh i've heard them i know lewis has heard them I and have. they're very good so i just want to talk to you about it thanks very much um, <laughs> yeah uh so my first question is uh do you have like a sort of mission statement for like creating music, like just creating music in general? And if it is, what what would you what would you say it would be? Uh, a mission statement. I've never heard about music be. I've heard never heard music be spoken about in that way. It's normally like a it's normally like a business <laughs> setting. But I suppose just um <clears throat> oh cheeky voice crack right at the beginning. Um, <laughs> I suppose. In terms of a mission statement, the easiest way to talk about that would be like what I look for when I'm trying to create my own music. And I suppose I try and make music that is quite organic, I guess, and quite, um, you know, like kind of real instruments and quite collaborative with other people. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, it was quite nice, this recording process. Uh, because I'd written all the songs and then I brought it to these other musicians and they like added their parts to it and you know their kind of ideas to it and it was kind of nice letting go of the songs in that way. So I suppose mm. in terms of a, a mission statement is to create music that can be that can be collaborated on and you know that, you know that comes from a, a quite rustic organic place. Brilliant. Mm. Oh, that that's amazing. Yeah, I think music that comes from like a more organic starting point, or you can always sort of tell that some some heart and some soul's gone into it. And I think that definitely comes through in your music as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I um I spend a lot of time thinking about kind of the craft of writing a song rather than how it's going to sound in the production. That's kind of what I meant. I kind of like letting the production side of it go a little bit. Um, I mean, I have an idea of how I want it to sound, but I'm kind of more interested in you know the the structure of the song and you know how you can make something more interesting whether it's like changing a chord or you know making the melody a bit more i don't know yeah. unusual mm, mm. um yeah that that uh, that sort of leads me on to my question uh my next question sort of thing um uh, you said that you like your music to be sort of quite organic and and, and start sort of grow in, in its own sort of way um in that sort of sense, is there like a starting point for a lot of your music? Is there like a like who would you consider to be like a big influence on your style? Well, I think I would. Con There's a lot of artists who playing the guitar well is like um, a part of their act. Like singer songwriters, um, they kind of have their own distinct kind of guitar playing styles, and it's usually got a foot in the kind of folk or jazz traditions, I guess. So hmm. the kind of artists that really inspire me are people like um, John Martin from 
um, the seventies and Joni Mitchell, and then more kind of contemporary people would be like um, Laura Marling, who Danny knows I'm obsessed with, and um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know Sophie Ann Stevens as well. So just yeah, people who um, the guitar informs the songs um, in a big way. That's kind of that's that's the sound that inspires me a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, when when you're creating your work, do you want like like stuff that you're gonna make in the future to sort of follow a like a consistent theme, or do you want to like just say, well, maybe I'm exploring this this song, or maybe I'll try something different next time, or is it all gonna sort of follow a consistent sort of pattern? No, I wouldn't say it. It does follow a pattern. I don't really have a, a grand plan. I definitely didn't with this EP um, of kind of how I want to write lyrics or how I want to write a song. I, I mean, I suppose I'm still pretty young, so I'm still kind of figuring out what works well and what I don't really like to do. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't say there's a there's one single theme. I mean, there's definitely ways of writing that I'm... I, I've noticed as I've got older, my lyrics have become more direct, for example. Whereas when I was younger, they were a bit more... They were a lot more metaphorical and a lot more kind of... You would probably have to ask me what I was talking about in the song if you wanted to if you wanted to know what it was about. Um, yeah. And I think that comes with sort of just courage in what you're saying and, um, you know... I mean, having said that, I mean, writing metaphorically is really, it's it's great because, you know, you can experiment with language and you can, you know, you can be quite free in a sense. And like, you know, for people that know you, your, your life is, your life remains private. You know, they, you know, when you're writing more directly, you know, the people that are close to you around you, they can be like, I know what that's about. Or, you know, <laughs> so... You know, I've not had anyone do that in any big way yet, but I can see it happening at some point. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I um. I I, I sorry. I'm I'm sort of getting quite quite into this now. The idea of like how you let your songs sort of grow and and how you sort of let the let your creativity sort of play a big role in the sort of songwriting process. Would you say that you do have like a a process that you go through to to write a song, or would you say it's sort of deliberately organic or accidentally organic even? Um, I would say that very rarely do I write everything in one go. I will probably come up with lyrics or little guitar parts randomly. Like every day, I'll I'll pro I'll pick up the guitar and you know I w it's it's not even that I'll play something new, but I'll play just something that I've been working on, and it just it's just eventually, <laughs> I mean, it's not the best way of doing it, but for a long time, that's kind of how I've done it. It's just, I've looked back on little things that I've written here and there and I've kind of stitched it together and gone, you know, you know to make a whole um, and, you know, you, you kind of edit it as yeah. you go along, but that's kind of how I've done it. But I am getting more interested in thinking of songwriting as a, as a craft, as like something that you know, because I, I don't think it's sustainable to just rely on bursts of, um, um, what's the word, inspiration, you know, for everything you make. You think sure. you definitely have to have a bit of discipline and have to know, 
you know, how all the cogs work and how to, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't listen to his music, but he had a great, Ed Sheeran had a great um, quote about, um, you know, writing songs is like running a tap. It's like, you know, the first, the first bit of water is like all, all the shit water that you don't want. And then eventually, you know, the good stuff starts to come. He said it much more eloquently than that, but you know, you know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, that just sounds as if he needs to get his plumbing fixed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. That's that's very true. I've got this image of like um, him in the studio and his producer's just like, sorry, hang on, Ed, do we need to get a plumber to your house? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the problem with, with your life? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's um, he's not someone I listen to, but he's um, he's got some interesting quotes or bits, mm, bits yeah. of advice. So out of all out of the the singles that you released, um, which one do you like most connect with, and why? Um, which one do I most connect with? So I how many did I release? Three. Um, well, I kind of I connect with them all in different ways. I mean, the first single, Gravity, was quite um, it's quite solemn and moody, and it was definitely more kind of observational you know it's not about it was about me looking at someone in my life who was suffering and kind of feeling like I couldn't do anything to help and I kind of ran with like a bit of a space metaphor like you know they're floating out of reach and that sort of thing um so that Mm -hmm. one does mean a lot and um and the guitar on that one as well I was kind of trying to play more percussively and it was a way I wanted to play for quite a long time, but it's quite difficult to to do. So when I managed to come up with a part where I could do the kind of finger picking and percussion in sync, that felt really, really good. And I knew that that was that was kind of where I was at as a as an artist. So I wanted that to be the first single, you know. And then the rest of the singles are actually songs that are are older, you know. But like mm. a song like Masochist, for example. That's it's very much about my life. It's not necessarily about um another what another person is going through. Um so in that way it's very personal. But um but that one seems to be resonating a lot because it's it's a lot it's a lot happier and it's a lot more kinda spring like, I suppose. Um mm. so just in answer to your question, what connects what one connects with me the most? Um the there's not one that connects you know so um they connect in different ways you know, you know it, there's yeah. it's um they're they're kind of producing different emotional responses so yeah mm. yeah it's um yeah, this is um a bit of a disjointed question uh it's sort of not quite as flowy as some of the others but um in, when you're writing music or when you're performing music or when you're in the studio or whatever it might be do you have like things that you really really look forward to like what are your what are your favorite things that you look forward to during the process and what are your least favorite things is is really my question oh um when i'm recording uh, any part of the process recording or performing or any of it well the most enjoyable part is the process of writing the song that's the 
that's kind of the like eureka moment or like you know when you're in your bedroom and you've finally got something and it's like you know you feel like you're fucking bob dylan you know it's it's like you <laughs> you know you have written the best song and everyone's gonna hear you know you get that high <laughs> for a while so that's def- definitely yeah. you know it comes crashing down when you do a gig and people are like what was that one about but um <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's the creative process. Um, like when you write the song and you finish the song, and you're like, "This, you know, that's a great, that's a great moment." And then another great moment, I suppose, is when you perform that song, or or it starts to get a bit older, and you can look back and you start to think about it differently, or you start to you start to like it in a different way, or you might start to not like it in a different. You might start to not like it. It's um. You know, so I look forward to that. And then, as I said earlier, one of my favourite parts of the recording process is kind of giving the songs up and being like, okay, you guys do what you want to do. To, you know, putting trust in, mu- in great musicians and being like, mm. um, you know, I trust you to to do your magic on this. And, and, and that's that can be a bit scary, you know, but you have to sort of let go of any control freak tendencies that you might have yeah <laughs> i imagine that's particularly difficult yeah. It, yeah it can be yeah i think it depends on what kind of musician you are there's like a a big movement at the moment called bedroom pop i don't know if you've heard of it or, or you or if you know listen no, to actually. artists who are kind of associated with that term and the whole ethos of it is that you do absolutely everything yourself you write the song you produce it you mix it you you must you know you you do everything and um is that something you guys are into? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I haven't heard the term before no, today. No, have you not? Me neither. May, may it might be like a niche music nerd term. But yeah, it's, <laughs> but just as I was saying before, it's that ethos of doing absolutely everything yourself, um, mm. which is definitely not how I did it. So it's, it's quite interesting how people make their music. It, you know, I think with how much technology we have nowadays, it's really democratised the music making process and you know even with like releasing music as well you can just do it all yourself in a way yeah um, and I, su- I suppose it's a double-edged sword though because like sometimes i'd imagine it'd be really useful to have a- another set of eyes or ears on on your work you know to sort of maybe you miss that or you yeah i'm in a way in a way um i was very privileged to have the opportunity you know, to get another set of eyes on my work, because a lot of people, I suppose, don't have that. Um, so yeah, it's just weighing up the the pros and the cons of it, and being aware of like how lucky you are when you get given those opportunities. Yeah, yeah. It's fu- it's funny how you say um, some people came up to you afterwards and said, "What was that one about?" Because <laughs> uh, I'm just about to do that. Uh, <laughs> oh really? I- the song, the song, masochist. Yeah, you know what I'm like. I'm a wee edgy boy. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. A, it's not, it's not a very nice word. So that intrigued me, uh, the most. Could you, could you talk me through <laughs> what that is about and and what what inspired that song? So that was kind of about um, inviting harmful people and even or even the ideologies into your life and like kind of deriving pleasure from them um and not really being aware of the harm they were doing i suppose but um 
that is not to trash mm-hmm. on anyone who's into BDSM. That is not what I was talking about. <laughs> I have to like give yeah. that disclaimer <laughs> at like gigs. Be like, listen, a song is called Maskist. <laughs> it bears no relation on my sex life at all. Do not read into it that way. Um, it was just a metaphor, <laughs> guys. You know. <laughs> I suppose it's a bit of a funny thing to say in an interview. Uh, do not read into this this way, and then that makes people want to. Yeah. yeah. So you have to try and balance it between saying that just enough that they don't notice, but yeah. not too much that they start to think, "Oh, is he hiding something?" I've shot myself in the foot now, but um, just <laughs> quick disclaimer. I've got to um, say, I really find that idea very like intriguing, sort of like um like you were saying inviting harmful influences and getting some sort of yeah you know maybe not even pleasure let's sort of comfortability from it almost yeah i think a recognizable i think as well yeah Yeah. with that song i wasn't it's not like a finger pointy song you know i'm not it's not me being like um because a lot of it is self-inflicted you know it's your own you did this like to yourself that was kind of part of the song you know i was sort of trying to say um with a lot of these things if you're actually aware of your of of your um you know what upsets you or or your or what you shouldn't have in your life and you and you bring it into your life anyway um that's on you you know that's not on them you know that was kind of part of what i was going for in a way it wasn't it wasn't just um you know, wallowing in self pity about about what about what the world has done to me. You know, if does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, and you've mentioned a couple of times now. You sort of uh, you pick up the guitar every day and you you sort of keep working at a song. Um, that that sort of intrigued me a little bit. Um, is it just the guitar you play, or any other instruments? Or I play the piano, and I actually played the piano for quite a long time before I started playing the guitar. Um, okay. Yeah, I played that since I was like six, and then I started playing the guitar in high school. Oh, have you got like a favourite instrument to play, or? Uh, definitely the guitar. It comes the most naturally now. Um, yeah, sure. But uh, I still do love. I do love the piano. I find it harder to write songs on the piano, though. It's um. Mm, mm. It's quite. Uh, it can be. It can feel quite limiting if you don't know. Sort of the. A little bit of theory, I suppose, on the piano, like especially to get out really nice chords. I think with the guitar, yeah, a really, a really special thing about the guitar is you can put it in what you call open tunings. So, like, you have your standard tuning that most guitars will be in, but then you can change, you can change the tuning, and um, it it doesn't require much effort to find like these really beautiful chord voicings and shapes and. It just makes the song sound so much more interesting, um, and it's and it's mm. not that difficult to uh, for like your fingers um, for your finger placement or whatever. Um, whereas on the piano, you know, you you need to have you need to have that knowledge beforehand. Whereas with the guitar, you can sort of put it in a different tuning and and uh, and just play about with shapes and see what sounds good. And you know, that's that's kind of. Part of my process, I would say, as well with writing songs, is I love changing my, the tuning of my guitar. And you kind of, I would, without sounding pretentious, you do go on a bit of a journey when you're in, when you go into a different tuning because you're you're sort of, um, you're kind of in no man's land with um, 
with where you're going to put your fingers or, or how you're going to hold, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it, it's quite an interesting way, I suppose, of writing a song. Um, yeah. You don't know the chords you're going to come out with when you go into it. If that makes sense. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, that completely does make sense. Yeah, it's a really interesting way of sort of visualising it as sort of a... Uh, what's the word? Like um, how a journey, on a, a quest or something, the, the, the actual journey itself is more important than the destination. Yeah. So that's like a really interesting way of visualising the process, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would say so. Um, This is probably the most cliche question of, you know... Um, uh, that's ever been asked. Um, so, what have you got planned next then? <laughs> what have I got planned next? Uh, well, I was in Perth yesterday recording for the Perth Arts Festival. So, that gig will be going out on Fantastic. tomorrow, actually. I'm supporting uh, a guy called Angus Monroe and a girl called Beth Malcolm, who are great singer songwriters. And um, I, should, I should just say um, to those that are listening, It'll already be out by the time you hear this. Oh, so. right. Yeah. Well, in, your, in answer to your question, what am I doing next? That is what I will have done. I'm trying to think what will what else will I be doing next. Um, I mean, we haven't mentioned the C word yet, um, but it's coming. Cunt? <laughs> no. <laughs> COVID. Um, um, we've managed yeah. not to talk about that, but I'm going to have to now that you've brought up the what am I going to do next just waiting on venues to open up again start booking out more gigs and start getting more festival placements um I'd love to record more um love to get another EP out um but let this one air for a while in the wind let it marinate yeah (laughs) I'm getting hungry now (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, this is um, a bit of a funny question, but obviously um, I've listened to some of your stuff on, on, on Spotify, and of all of the songs that you've got out sort of so far, have you got like a favourite one that you'd really love to perform live, or one that's quite difficult to do live, maybe? Or Yeah, they're all difficult in in their own kind of funny way. Gravity, I love to play because... I love the kind of groove on that one. It's quite syncopated. It's quite um, it's quite free, I suppose, rhythmically. Um, it feel it feels really good when you're playing it. Um, and the bray as well. Uh, the bray has some. I'm kind of using a bit of a higher register in my voice singing that one, and. Mm-hmm. I kind of need to warm up quite a bit before I usually start my set with that one because I've warmed my voice up and it's not tired and it's ready to go for those for those notes. So that's yeah. that's always quite enjoyable to do. Um because by the end of a gig, you know, I have quite a soft voice too. So it, I I don't know if, if there's actually a correlation with this, but I feel like having a softer voice means it doesn't take as much for my voice to get tired. So it's and it's untrained, so it can be. Um, I have to get the the high note ones at, at the beginning, um, and yep. yeah. And then I love to play Mascus because that's just strumming away, and I can relax a bit. Like my songs are quite. There's a lot of finger picking, and it's a lot of it's quite steady and quite um, intricate. 
Um, but with Masochist, I'm just strumming away and, you know, I can kind of relax <laughs> a little bit. Um, so, yeah. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, I think I might be out of questions, I'm afraid. I think so. I think I am as well. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on and, and speaking to us. Oh, uh, thank you yeah, very much for having you. me. Uh, what we normally do now is uh, we have a wee shill session for our socials or whatever. So do you want to um, tell uh, all two of our listeners where uh, where we can <laughs> where you can find <laughs> um, your Instagram and your and where you can uh, listen to your songs? Yeah, so I'm I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you just type in Hector Shaw, it's the same same link on all of them and on Spotify. Just Hector Shaw everywhere. If you just go out in the street, shout Hector Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sorry, I'm Oh, man, how you doing? Word is that, it's so strange. But, uh, but yeah, it's that is that is my name, and that yep. is how you find me. Yep. <laughs> so you're on, your music's on Spotify, you on Apple Music? Yeah, it's on stuff? Apple Music, um, Amazon Music. Um, I don't know, I don't really... I'm not, I'm not that involved with the kind of distribution side of it but i yeah, think it's on you. all the on, on all the streaming platforms it's on Bandcamp as well you're so if you're old school and want to buy uh, a cd you can go and you can go and buy a cd on Bandcamp. fantastic I think, I think if i had a single on Bandcamp, i would just immediately buy my cds <laughs> so i could have i could look at my cds and think those ones were by me <laughs> yeah <laughs> It'd be quite weird to look at a cd with my name on it you know yeah it was really strange when i got the when I got the boxes delivered over and it was just my face hundreds of, well, not hundreds, but, you know, dozens of times on, like, all these bits of, <laughs> all these bits of cardboard. And I was like, fuck me. Like, it's just, it's a bit bizarre. But it was, um, it was a good feeling. Good, good. Um, um, well, we'll see you again. Thank you so much uh, yeah, thank for coming you. on. Will we do some shilling now, Lewis? Yeah, yeah, go for it, mate. Yeah. Uh, we all have uh, link trees. Um, Lewis's link. You have a link tree as well, don't you, Hector? I do. Yeah, I think it's got three links on it. Yeah. Um. So uh, Hector has a link tree. Um. We have link trees. Uh. Lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram, and uh, the podcast is slash Shouting Into the Void. Uh. We have a PayPal donate button. So anything you can spare, anything at all, would be greatly appreciated um we uh want to take the opportunity as we do every week to thank our wonderful wonderful patrons um chloe thank you darius thank you sophie thank you peter thank you aditya thank you richard thank you natalie thank you and doogie thank you can you tell i forgot we were going to do that bit because I was off to the side um, <laughs> trying to stop myself from sneezing. And then I heard you say the first name. went, oh my God. Oh shit. Thank you. Thank mic, you. you? <laughs> um, yeah. But um, thank you one and all. You make uh, the show possible. And, and yes. y- you enable us to do fantastic interviews with fantastic people like um, Hector. So oh, if thanks, you want guys. to... Hector, I'm, I'm shilling now. Okay, you've had your time. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm... Um, uh, if you want to join their ranks, uh, please join our patron uh, Patreon for uh, excellent perks. You'll be able to um, get the podcast before anyone else. Um, you'll be able to join our wonderful Discord community and listen in before we post um, our episodes. So 
please join. Um, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. We sell loads of tacky shit, uh, so go have a look at that and, and get yourself something nice. And um, last but not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Yeah, uh, Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company, run by my wonderful wife in which she crochets, and she's incredibly good at it. If you want to bless your Instagram feed with some incredibly beautiful, aesthetically pleasing content, go and take a cheeky look. It's at Number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. And again, thank you, Hector, for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you, hear you, smell you next time. Yeah, we'll we'll stand outside your window with a boombox playing some of Hector's songs next time. Oh, please do. I love that. (laughs) Love it when people do that. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.